Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Roots Away podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ringenberg. Today, we have Callaway Joe, graphic designer, remote worker, yogi, amazing desert soul, amazing person in general. We talk about remote work, about world travel that we also love so much. Kelly is one of the coolest people I've ever met, and I really enjoyed our conversation together. So really hope you guys enjoy Kelly as much as I enjoy Kelly. Roots away, Jason Ringenberg. Thank you guys for listening. Here we go again. You. What's up, Callie? Hey, Jason. How's it going? Good, good. Could you, uh... Tell everybody about you a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my name is Callaway, and well, I guess. Uh, what do you want to know? You want to know personal life stuff or business stuff first? Uh, personal life stuff, and then we'll get into the business stuff. Sweet. Yeah. So right now, I am. Uh, I'm currently living in Durango, Colorado, but I'm actually moving tomorrow. Um, heading back out on the road for about a month. And then I'm moving to Berkeley as a home base. Um, But I do kind of, I'm still nomadic. I've been nomadic for about five years, um, living in and out of my van and um, randomly renting rooms here and there, living out of a camper, living out of a backpack, traveling different countries and different parts of the U.S. So, yeah, I guess you could say I'm technically still nomadic, but I'll be settling down in Berkeley uh, come December for a little while. Dang. So what are you doing in Berkeley? Just like moving there for like, just like a permanent home base or like, you don't know? (laughs) It's definitely not um, completely permanent. I'm planning on staying there for a while at least, uh, just because it is kind of a big move to get most of my things out there. Um, but I essentially just got a really amazing opportunity to live with some best friends of mine in a really beautiful home um, for an affordable price. And I felt that an opportunity like this wasn't going to come my way again uh, anytime soon, probably. So I decided to take it. Um, I definitely feel like I live my life in a way that it's easy to uproot. And I don't actually feel like moving is uprooting myself very much. So um really this just feels exciting and i've this will be the biggest city i've ever lived in for longer than three months um and it'll be the closest access that i've had to an international airport uh probably ever in my life for you know more than three months so yeah that's kind of exciting for me yeah that's awesome yeah i mean berkeley is also like a super rad place so yeah yeah it's got pretty cool outdoor access believe it or not um and then you also have all the city life aspects as well yeah that's always nice when it's like you have access to the outdoors and also like all the conveniences of a city that's kind of why i like salt lake um but yeah um so you kind of just came off of like a huge international trip didn't you i did yeah um i was in europe um and then closed it out with hawaii uh so technically not international but um still kind of feels that way when you're already out of the u.s um but i was in europe for about two and a half months and then hawaii for two weeks um and then pretty much went straight from that trip to kind of vanning around uh utah and colorado to prep for burning man so big big like four four and a half months of travel basically that's amazing how did you like make enough money to do that if if you're not if you're like willing to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um it's definitely something I like to talk about with people. Right now I I feel really fortunate. I've been working remote for the last two and a half years and um I'm I do graphic design and marketing design. 
Um, and earlier this year, I got hired with a startup company that's really amazing. And the pay is um, quite good. And I love my work. And it's 100% remote. So that really funded my travels for this year. But prior to that, um, I was freelancing doing design. I do still freelance a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the last two and a half years has been design work. And then before that, um, to fund my travels, I essentially was a seasonal worker and that was a little bit tougher. So now that I'm have a, now that I have a full-time remote job, it's a little easier to fund consistent travel, but, uh, there's also some trickiness in making sure that you have a nice place to work with consistent Wi-Fi. So there's a balance for sure. Yeah. I mean that you definitely found the dream, <laughs> you know, I've been kind of searching for that as well for a long time. Um, but uh, yeah, still doing the seasonal thing, guiding and whatnot. But yeah, that's cool. Um, what did you like? What was your favorite part of your Euro trip? Or your oh, like man. last four months of travel? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you know, each country that I think I went to eight, was it eight countries maybe? I, I Yeah, I, each country was so different. Um, and it felt like a new chapter because I was, I met up with new friends for each leg of the journey, so to speak. Um, and so it's hard to pick a favorite thing, but I did a lot of road cycling, which I haven't done uh, prior in my life. And that was really exciting to kind of jump into a new sport. Um, and now that I'm back and a little bit more stable in the US, I actually bought a road bike and I'm going to start road cycling now because it sparked this fire in me for, for biking. Um, so I'd have to say that was a favorite one of my favorite parts. And then um, I ended up going to Morocco towards the tail end of my uh, Europe portion and Morocco was pretty magical as well. What, what did you do in Morocco? Why was it so magical? <laughs> it was magical because a lot went wrong actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of, there's a part of me that kind of seeks out those uh, more adventurous um mishaps so to speak when traveling i feel like i don't get that as much anymore the older i get the more dialed i get with my traveling so i don't get as many like oopsies um <laughs> anymore uh, like i used to when i was younger and um and so yeah there was a few of there was a few big oopsies on this morocco trip and it was just like it just made some really fond memories with the people i was traveling with um, and then just as a country, Morocco is beautiful and I, I have a deep connection to the desert and anytime I'm in the desert, I just feel, um, really at peace. Yeah. The Sahara desert is crazy. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you see like the mirages? <laughs> um, a tiny bit as we were, as we were, cause we took a long drive from, um, Marrakesh to Tagazut. And uh, there was a little bit of that. But oddly enough, it looked, there were sections of that drive that looked exactly like the Moab Desert, which is where I'm from. Um, and so that was cool to, to kind of be like, whoa, I, I quite literally feel like I'm home right now. Yeah. Wait, did you grow up in Moab? I did. Yeah, I did grow up in Moab. Um, That's crazy. I did. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty a pretty wild... fun lifestyle for a kid. That's a wild place to grow up for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I've been to Egypt uh and like drove across the Sahara, like way, way out there. And yeah, it's I mean it's cool. Like Jordan is also like very similar to Moab, which is cool. Uh yes. Yeah, you've I, I do remember you going to Jordan. I've always, I'll have to ask you more about that at some point, because I've always wanted to, to travel to Egypt and Jordan. Yeah, uh, Egypt is less friendly than Jordan is. Obviously, like, right now, the Middle East is not a good place to go, but uh, um, Jordan is very safe. It's very friendly. Um, the Wadi Rum Desert is just incredible for rock climbing mostly but like for anything it's just like really cool um yeah if you want to go like i got a guy <laughs> he cool. just opened he just opened a like climbing specific hostel um yeah his name's muhammad he's really cool awesome what do you how do you what's your take on um 
like females traveling alone um, or just females traveling in general, did you run into a lot of, when you were there, did you run into a lot of other female travelers by chance? Yes, I was, well, yeah, I was traveling with a female every time. Um, in Jordan, it's not a problem, um, like at all. They they very much respect like other people's perspectives and everything. Egypt, it was a problem. Um, so mm-hmm. I would I would probably bring a dude with you just because like one time we were um, we were like I think I forget the name of the town, but uh, we were like at the seafood restaurant and my friend Jaden, who's a beautiful girl, like went to go buy a dress and she like got sexually assaulted because there wasn't a guy with her um well yeah like i mean it wasn't like basically like she bought the dress and uh the guy like went to hug her and then like kind of groped her a little bit um we took care of it after but (laughs) oh my god Um, it's awful yeah it's awful um so i would uh, i mean you can do it you know but if you like it's better to have a guy with you i think just, yeah. yeah, I know, and it's it's kind of the sad reality. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I heard that about <laughs> about certain countries. Um, there was definitely. I was traveling in a group in Morocco with um, three other women, and or, or female identifying people um, at least. And um, yeah, we even though there was four of us, it was kind of like there were still moments of um, that we were on high alert. And I think that that's present in in quite a few countries um in the world and it's just a reality i don't even know at this point i don't know i've met a lot of people who are almost offended by that fact i don't know if it's necessarily something to be offended by but it's definitely something to be alert and aware of um while traveling well yeah i mean that's just the reality of the world you know we you know we're in america where everything is quite equal or like hoping to be equal um but that's just not the same way in other places and like that's something you need to think about and know um but uh yeah like in egypt there were times where they wouldn't even talk to like my friend Jaden, or like they would just like address guys and not mm. address girls at all um because that's just the way um the society is you know Mm-hmm. which yeah sucks you know coming from coming from america where everybody's supposed to be equal it, and it's just not that way other places yeah totally i think um that's i mean traveling gives perspective on a lot of things right but that's definitely it makes me really thankful for for the freedom that we have here in the states and the ability to express ourselves as we want um, for the most part, in a way where, or in a place where we feel safe, there are definitely, there are obviously parts of the country of the States where people don't feel safe, but I think primarily, especially comparatively to a lot of other places in the world, we, we have it, uh, pretty good in that way. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I've been to like 16 different countries and yeah, I mean, every time I come back to the States, I'm like, well, cool. Like the standard of living is a lot better here than those places our freedom is a lot better even though we do have our like differences as a country like it's just such a huge place that that has a relatively good standard of living that you can kind of just like chill yeah and like you said like there's places in the united states that aren't as cool (laughs) but uh yeah i mean the west is generally pretty awesome yeah at least at least um socially speaking uh yeah definitely yeah um so what how many countries have you been to (laughs) um man you know i should keep a list um i should probably write a list down i don't actually know if i have one but i think off the top of my head uh 12 to 15 i want to say um yeah somewhere in that that number range which uh, which one did you have like the most positive experiences in like like your whole life mm. oh man um 
It's a hard question. Probably, probably Thailand. I have been to Thailand. I've been back to Thailand three times. Um, it keeps kind of calling me back. Um, Thailand and Mexico. I really love Mexico as well. I think those places though, it's definitely all about the people. Um, and the people that I met while traveling there that, that kind of, um, taint the experience in a positive way. Uh, I think, I do think though, overall Thailand, there's something really special about it that pulls me in, um, the culture, the people, um, the locals and the expats and travelers, um, and the food, the food is amazing. And, um, I also, I also, Thailand was one of my first big trips uh, as a young adult that, you know, wasn't like with my family or something. It was felt like my first big international trip. Um, so I think it holds a special place in my heart because of that. Yep. I was about to say Thailand is probably my favorite as well. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your first trip, can you tell me about that? And um, like, so you're probably backpacking because that's what everybody does, right? Yeah. My first trip to Thailand. You mean? Yeah. 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 So my first trip to Thailand was um, 2017, I believe. And I was, gosh, how old was I? I guess I would have been 20 years old or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, or, or 19, just turning 20, I think, actually. Um, anyway, we, me and two, friends of mine decided to do this trip as a um, kind of celebration from our graduation from massage school because the three of us had met in massage school that year prior um, and spent almost a year in school together getting our massage massage license and um, what better place to go than Thailand for the Thai massage. So we, we decided to do carry-on only backpacking and looking back on the way that we I was actually just laughing about this with one of the friends a few days ago but looking back on the way that we packed was totally absurd because I had never really done uh, it was like a month-long trip we had never really done a trip that long out of a backpack uh, none of us had and also never been to Thailand never spent that long in that humid of a place and so I was like the packing was absolutely absurd. I don't think I packed a single piece of normal clothing. I think all of my clothing was like fast, dry, uh, athletic sport clothing, which was totally silly. Um, and yeah, it was, but it was such an amazing trip. It was really, we didn't plan a lot. We just kind of showed up and then went where we wanted to go or went, yeah, went where we wanted to go. And, uh, got into some funny funny experiences and met some cool people and um yeah it was amazing yeah do you want to share like one of the funny experiences um also <laughs> I, just to like anybody listening thailand is a, a wild place but it's also very very easy to travel in but yeah anyway yeah yes. do you have like a like a funny story or anything you want to tell about it um there's a lot from that trip. I think, yeah, let me think about uh I think about maybe the appropriateness of of one of them. Oh, just go for it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Sure. So, so uh we show up in um I think we were outside of Krabby and um we were kind of inland and we uh <laughs> my one of the one of the girls decided to stay back i was traveling with two female friends and one of them decided to stay back and um the other one and i were not ready to end the night so um as it starts to get dark we were at a bar and we're like okay let's go find we want to we want to find some weed because uh, we wanted to get high. So basically, uh, and, and also for anyone listening, uh, marijuana in Thailand is incredibly illegal. Um, and the only yeah, places you, that you yeah. can, yeah, safely smoke are at the bars that pay off the cops essentially. 
Um, and, you know, people do buy, buy weed, but it's pretty risky. So um, knowing this, we only, wa- we only went to the bars that sold it to smoke because we didn't want to buy it off somebody and get in trouble. So um, we go to one of the reggae bars uh, down the street and it's closed and we're bummed and it's getting kind of late at this point. And so we go to another bar and we just stop in and ask a local like, hey, where, um, where can we find some weed at a bar right now? And they're like, oh, the jungle bar, the jungle bar. So we're like, okay, we got to go find this jungle bar. So we we then go on to, it, t- it takes us like an hour to find the jungle bar, by the way. The jungle bar is in the jungle <laughs> and um, down roads that are not particularly roads. And it took us, we were on foot, but it took us so long to find this place. And we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. And we walk all the way down this road and it's completely deserted. And we're like, man, we, we have no idea where we are. It's dark. There's no one around. It's a little, it's getting starting to feel a little spooky. Um, and all of a sudden we see this like small hand etched sign that says jungle bar. And we're like, okay, cool. We, we found it. So we follow it down probably about another half mile down a dirt road. Um, and, and then we come across this like beautiful, it was, I mean, it was gorgeous. It was all lit up. And there were like lanterns everywhere and cushions and the little stream. And it was like a big open outdoor bar lounge area, but there wasn't a single person there. And so we kind of walk in and we're like, hey, is anybody here? We're kind of yelling around and someone pops around, a Thai man pops around the corner and um, Thai people are some of the friendliest in the world, in my opinion. Um, But just the biggest smile on his face and he's so happy to see us and it kind of the the vibe was definitely that like we were the first people he had seen all night um and we were also there during off season by the way so this this makes sense like there wasn't uh there actually weren't that many people traveling there at the time and so uh he's thrilled to see us and he invites us in and um and then all of a sudden there's like all of these other Thai people that come, come out. And now we're, we're with, I think a group of like three Thai men and it's just us. And, um, you know, we buy a joint and whatnot. And then another man comes around the corner and he's like, and he like kind of ushers us over into the corner. He's like, Hey, come over here, come over here. So we, we come over and he then proceeds to sit us down Um, we have all these conversations. He's like making us choose music on the iPad and he's asking us all about ourselves, but this is all in very broken English, of course. Um, and then he pulls out probably the largest, I I don't, I'm not even, to be honest, I'm, I'm not really an avid marijuana user, so I don't even know what you would call it, but like the largest like bundle of weed I've ever seen. Like it was just like a huge bag essentially of weed but like in like one giant clump and he like sets it down on the floor. And then he pulls from, from what it looks like his back pocket, pulls out a machete, like a full size machete <laughs> and starts, and starts chopping this, this like clump of weed and just starts like, like as if it was like a, like a zucchini or something, just like, just like <laughs> chopping it up. And and me and my friend who's sitting there were like, Whoa, we, <laughs> We definitely got what we asked for, but, um, (laughs) and then he pulls out this like beautiful handmade bong and like hands us the bong and then hands us like huge handfuls of weed that's all chopped up via his machete. And, um, we're just like, okay, we, we definitely don't need all of this. And, um, but anyway, we, we then went on to smoke this bong with this guy and got way too high and then had to find our way back home. But that was a pretty, um, it kind of felt like a funny, like, fever dream experience. And it also, I feel like, is a really, it's indicative of Thailand. Like, it's just, like, so random, but also so what you would expect. And Thai people are just so inviting. And it's, like, if you want if you want weed, they're going to give you, like, the best experience of your life. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, here, come, come sit on my floor and I'll chop you up a huge thing of marijuana and you can smoke it out of this bong that I made. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then, so yeah, anyway, that was, that was one of my favorite memories, I think. Um, and it was just us. It was like just us in the bar with these Thai guys. And, um, it was pretty special. 
So yeah, dude, I love Thailand so much. So much of that like sort of thing happened. Also, mushrooms. They like those a lot. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, and the mushroom slushies or smoothies or whatnot are like not. Uh, you just never know. You never know the dosage, right? It's like you could, you could not feel it at all, or you could go for the wildest trip of your life. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's one of those like cool things about Thailand is, if you're on an island, there's like really not a police force, sort of, like not like a, an official one at least, at least from mm. my understanding, right? Um, and like you just have these bars, and they, you know, you go into the bar, they're like you know handwritten um menus that are like mushroom shakes uh <laughs> weed uh <laughs> lots of alcohol food like it's, it's insane like <laughs> yeah it's pretty i think it's a cool yeah especially as like a first place to travel as my first experience kind of like super super far from home because i had traveled before that i traveled like uh to mexico and canada and parts of the caribbean but like this is my first like big trip away um yeah seeing that was kind of that was wild to me i was like whoa i can just like order mushrooms i can just like order a joint at this bar um and even though it's super legal otherwise in the country to to be able to have access to it at a bar like that in a social setting it was pretty cool um yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, now I'm just like nostalgic about Thailand. I want to go back so bad. <laughs> Me too. I've definitely I've been thinking about Southeast Asia a lot. I'd love to do. I'd love to go to Vietnam. I although I love Thailand, I'd like to branch out a little bit um, to some other parts of Southeast Asia next time I go. Yeah. I think a good way to do it is, like, go there, like, buy a motorcycle, and then, um, like, go through, like, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, and then, like, sell it when you're leaving. <laughs> totally. It's a it's the total classic tourist trek, right? Like, buy the motorcycle, drive from northern to southern Vietnam, or vice versa. So, it's a good way to do it, honestly. It's, it's a classic route for a reason, but... Um, yeah, I'll probably end up doing that eventually. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> so you're in Berkeley. And so what specifically do you do for work? I know you talked about that a little bit, but if you could elaborate a little more. Totally. Um, so I do I do graphic design, web design, um, and marketing design. I both freelance and have my own company as well as work for a um, tech startup that is in the healthcare industry. Um, and so for them, I do mostly marketing design. I work on the marketing team, but as a designer, um, and I kind of do a lot of different projects, um, but they're all design based. Uh, and then, yeah, I can do it all from my laptop and it's pretty, it offers me a lot of freedom. I really like it. Um, I got into design kind of randomly, but uh, a few years ago, I took a boot camp for digital marketing, and that like plunged me into design on accident. And then my design skills, most of them, uh, I taught myself. Actually, I didn't go to school for design, um, but over time, got good at it and got good enough to be able to make a living at it. Um, and yeah, I would say it was a long road to getting to the point where I am now um, and to being able to work fully remote uh, with, with a job that pays me enough to actually travel the way that I want. Um, but I, I definitely had my sights set on it from a pretty young age. I think like 16 to 17, I was even thinking, you know, eventually I want to work remote. Um, and that of course was pre COVID uh, before working working remote's even more popular now uh post covid but pre covid you know not as many people were thinking about it but i kind of was like i had been thinking about it cuz i knew if i want to travel as much as i do um i'm going to have to find a job that pays me while i'm traveling so it took a lot of trial and error to figure out what worked for me but eventually i landed on design and 
who knows if I'll do it forever, but I'm pretty happy with it right now. Yeah, that's so cool. So you took a boot camp. How much was the boot camp? Because I've been looking at those as well. <laughs> yeah, the so my boot camp was around five thousand, um, which definitely a good chunk of change, but um, manageable to, you know, manageable. Um, there's also payment plans and financial aid and things like that, depending on the boot camp that you go to. Um, but some boot camps, I would say most boot camps, depending on the program, too, range anywhere from like four to 10 grand. Um, some boot camps are really expensive. I, my recommendation to anyone wanting to do a boot camp, um, you or anyone listening, is you don't necessarily, just because it's the most expensive one doesn't mean it's the best one. I think you just need to find a program that works for you and that works for your learning style. Obviously you wanted it, you want it to be an accredited, um, you know, institution of some kind, um, or, or at least a well-known boot camp if it's not an institution, but, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be the most expensive one. Yeah, definitely. So accredited meaning that it's like what, organization or what thing what entity like accredits it well yeah so um a lot of boot camps are well so okay so some boot camps are through universities so when i say an accredited institution that's kind of what i mean so for example um university of denver has a uxui design boot camp that they do so that would be an example of doing a boot camp through a university um, or, okay. or an accredited institu- institution um, there are other boot camps that are not affiliated with institutions that are just kind of their own entities, um, but they're recognized as uh, continuing education or as, um, uh, oh man, man, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm blanking right now. Um, say that again. Said so You're good. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, anyway, they're basically recognized um as continuing education. And then there's some that kind of just deem themselves as schools, um, but they're well known for, for producing um, a good program with students that graduate and have the skills to be able to jump into the workforce. So there's a wide range of different, uh, you know, courses you can take. Um, I think, I think finding one that has good feedback for students is important too. Like you don't, I would say going with a completely unknown school that you've never heard of before and that you've never heard of anyone else going to before might not be the way to go. Um, (laughs) But yeah, there's, there's so many out there now, especially with how popular remote work is getting. There's, there's so many boot camps and, mini courses and certifications, um, technical degrees, like you name it, they're, they're out there if for something you want to do. Yeah, totally. I looked into this coding bootcamp thing and then, um, they, I like did an assessment and quickly realized I'm not a coder. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, Coding, coding's tough. That was, that was me too. I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do well with coding particularly yeah i mean a lot of people do good with it when you get into it but it was just too much at once like uh, no. <laughs> i don't math well i'm not sure this is gonna work <laughs> yeah. yeah okay the pro- so the positive is that there's so many other industries that you can go into um and you know there's like like that's why i chose design because it was more creative based rather than math and science based yeah, totally. I'm like definitely the other side of the spectrum, like language and history, not so much like math and science. I mean, science a little bit, but the math is like, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So um, what's like your bucket list, like travel destination or like bucket list trip that like you'd really want to do? Um, yeah, good question. I- Bucket list. Like one thing you're like, oh, like I would love to do that. Like for yeah. me, for me, it would be like a bike trip from Alaska to Argentina or something like that. Like a, just a mega, mm-hmm. like, effort. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, I would probably say, 
I would probably say some sort of mega trip through Africa. Um, I'd love to, I don't really know. I haven't thought, to be honest, I haven't actually thought too deeply about how I would do this, but I would love to kind of travel from like Northern to Southern Africa. And yeah, I, I, my stepmom, who's a huge inspiration to me for travel has spent a lot of time, um, like cumulatively probably a year or more in Africa in different countries. And that she's her, some of her stories are really inspiring to me. So I've always wanted to spend time there. Um, but yeah, who knows if, who knows that that's kind of a tricky one to plan in a lot of ways, especially, uh, especially nowadays, but yeah, Africa's pretty, it's pretty hard to travel in. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, definitely not impossible, but but difficult for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I think as you get to be like a better traveler, you know, you know, go to third world countries and stuff, I think it gets easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a cool trip. That'd be cool. Um, what route do you think you would take, like from Morocco or from Egypt or? Oh, I have I have no idea. Probably. I mean, I have always wanted to go to Egypt, so um, perhaps I'd start there. But who knows, really? I think that's something that that'll that'll be a trip that might be a little bit later in my life. Um, I definitely, you know, I couldn't work and travel at the same time doing something like that. So that would be that would require me to take a lot of work time off work. Um, so, yeah, probably a little bit later in my life when I can take like a bigger gap um, off work. But if I start, if I ever start planning it, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know what my route might be. <laughs> I'll come. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting into road biking. Do you have like any big road biking goals or like anything like that? Like, are you just like, like, like how far have you rode before? And like, do you want to do like a century ride or like, have you done century rides or do you want to do like more than that or, you know? Yeah, so before my Europe trip, the longest time I'd ever spent on a bike was basically at Burning Man. <laughs> um, I was not a bike person. I'm slowly becoming a bike person. So, you know, this year, this summer I probably rode, cumulatively I probably rode maybe 500 miles this summer um, in different parts of Europe. But I would say some goals of mine this year are to get fit on the bike. So develop actual fitness on the bike first. Um, and then I'd love to go back to Europe and do kind of start with some smaller objectives first, but, but bike around like um, France and Italy and uh, kind of explore, explore more of the like less populated areas of those country countries on bike. Um, and then, perhaps later in my life set some bigger objectives um i'd love to do bike packing i mean road biking is great i'd, I'd love to do like long-term bike packing um something that you mentioned like a trip from alaska to the tip of south america would be amazing something like that would be amazing someday i know i just recently became a bike person as well <laughs> nice yeah. what kind of biking I'm mountain biking mostly, but uh, awesome. I don't know. I just like don't even drive my car that much anymore. I mean, I drive it to work because I have to go like way uphill. <laughs> um, so right, I don't yeah, yeah. really want to like, <laughs> I don't really want to like climb a hill and then just be like slammed at this very busy restaurant. Um, but uh, yeah, like around town, I just bike. You know, it's, it's awesome. But yeah, I would love to like mountain bike pack or just like bike pack in general. Like, I've been itching to do a huge bike trip somewhere, mm -hmm. maybe, like, from California to Colorado or, I don't know, something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, that would be cool. I think starting, yeah, starting from, like, uh, state to state is a good place to start. Um, I think setting an, ob an objective from the top of the Americas to the bottom is kind of, yeah, you yeah. got to build up to that usually. <laughs> Yeah, or you could do the Colorado Trail, or the Continental Divide. I think maybe you can do on a bike too. 
I oh, can you? I guess you'd have to hike portions of it, probably. So. Yeah. yeah. I know you can do the Colorado Trail all by bike, I think. Oh, yeah, cool. cool. So, Burning Man, uh, how was your experience? <laughs> <laughs> this This most recent year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was wonderful. I, um, yeah, Burning Man's definitely becoming a big part of my life, I think. Um, yeah, it's, same. it was, in, it was, it's, it's, in, yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot, there, it's very nuanced. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, people either have really strong uh, negative or positive feelings about it, I think. I don't know if there's a whole lot of neutrality around Burning Man. Um, I'm sure that exists somewhere, but most people I've talked to, they either absolutely love it or they uh, really, really struggled and or, or don't like it for some other reason or they are kind of against the whole culture or, or, or whatnot. Um, but my experience was really positive this year. Um, definitely a lot of ups and downs. I would say the struggle of like the mud that the media portrayed was definitely, they blew it out of proportion. Um, we were all fine. You know, (laughs) I think, I think mostly people were fine and, um, and we took care of each other and it was kind of, it was kind of fun to be able to hunker down with people for a while. And, um, I mean, sure we got quote unquote stuck for a few days, but personally i was planning on being there till tuesday morning anyway so i wasn't actually stuck for that for for any longer than i was supposed to be um so i was doing okay and we had plenty of food and water and um yeah it felt it felt really um connected this year i felt like i got to connect with a lot of people that i didn't the previous year and build new relationships and a new community there so that was cool yeah, mine was sort of on the negative side, but uh, yeah, but you like, said that. But the first year was amazing, you know, very much cool. I would definitely make different choices <laughs> next year. <laughs> Anybody listening, don't go to Burning Man with a partner that you're not super, 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 super solid with. Um, it's not a fun time. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think that's I th- I second that advice. It's it's pretty good advice. I think going going with a partner period is it's a pretty difficult environment to be with with a partner in, um, or it can be at least. But yeah, if you're not super solid with your partner, it can it can be there there can be some weird shit that shows up for sure. Well, there inevitably is going to be weird shit that shows up. Like yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Could you share like uh, a memorable like Burning Man story, like one that um, affirmed that like you really love it and like, oh my god, these are my people. Oh my god, this is amazing. Um. Yes, definitely. Um. Uh, just so like people know what the burn is kind of like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's like a whole other conversation. Uh, <laughs> for anyone <laughs> well, listening who has no idea what Burning Man is, it's. It's it is it is not what you think and everything you've heard <laughs> is what I like to say. Um, it's everything and nothing that you've heard. But um, yeah, memorable experience from this year would probably be hmm. and there's so many good ones. I would <laughs> okay. Actually, my exodus was really interesting this year. So. For anyone that doesn't know, um, when everybody leaves, they call it exodus because it's such a mass exodus of people. Um, And typically you are waiting in line to leave for hours uh, because there's thousands of people trying to leave at the same time. Um, And we left on, they postponed burn night. It was supposed to be Saturday where they burned the man. They postponed it till Monday night. Um, And so we, packed all our stuff and we're like ready to get out of there right after man burn. We went to watch the man burn and then, and then left immediately after. Um, so at this point, like we, yeah, I think I, and I got up super early that morning. Um, and so already was like pushing into the wee hours of the night, but I think by the time we got out of the line and hit pavement, 
um, off of Black Rock City, it was like 5.30 or 6 in the morning. Um, and I was exhausted and I had been up almost 24 hours at that point. And um, two of my group members had gotten separated from me uh, and they were on their way to Reno to a hotel and I was going to meet them there. And I was with one other person who I was following. And as we were driving the road, there's this like really long stretch of road that is in the middle of nowhere in the desert for anyone who doesn't know after you exit Black Rock City where there's no service and no services. And so we were driving that. It was still dark. The sun was like, it was barely starting to come up. And um, all of a sudden my van just like basically almost flips. Like I just like start kind of skidding out all over the road and I have to like, yeah, I have to like, and I turn in and luckily there was a pullout like right where this happened. But essentially what happened is my, my right passenger tire exploded. Um, and not just like, didn't just pop. I didn't just get a flat. It like imploded actually is what it looked like. It like totally disintegrated. Um, it was, it, it was not, I think it was something faulty with the tire, but anyway, it almost flipped my, my van cause I was going like 70 miles an hour. And, um, pulled off onto the side of the road, calmed down for a second and realized I had no service. And I was like, fuck, I have no service. Like I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. Damn it. <laughs> um, no, no, you know, didn't really have, I had water and stuff, but didn't really have a lot of food because it was all packed, I think in our other vehicle, which was on its way to Reno. Um, luckily my other friend who was with me saw that I wasn't behind him anymore and he came back to get me. So he parked on the side of the road, we were exhausted, so we passed out in his van for a few hours and then woke up at, like, 10 a.m. And um, I didn't have anything to change my tire because I'm an idiot. Um, and took all of that stuff out of my van a while ago and forgot to put it back in. So I had nothing to change my tire. And I have a big utility van, so I it's like I need this special tool to drop my tire from underneath. And my lug nuts are huge. And anyway, it's a whole process. So long story short, we were on the side of the road for like six hours and we basically flagged other vans down that looked like they would have the parts that we needed and out of the kindness of strangers got each thing that we needed over the course of like six hours and finally got my tire changed um and that was probably one of my favorite experiences only because i was like it just really showed the kindness of, of burners and like the community around it. Cause no one, like everyone stopped. No one like ignored us. Everyone was willing to help. People gave us snacks. People gave us food and candy. And like, we gave people some LaCroix cause we had some cold LaCroix. Like, so it was just very like uh, indicative of the burn culture where people were very willing to help and very like, very empathetic and, they were, they, you know, they were like, oh yeah, I mean, either I've been in this situation before, or I've seen other people in this situation, we're going to help you out. And, and it was totally, it was totally fine. And it was kind of just a fun little, even though it sucks to be on the side of the road for six hours, it was also kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, dude, the exodus is like so daunting. You're like, oh no, <laughs> no, we have to like endure this sort of suffer fest to get through like the whole line and everything um yeah i i have an exodus story a little bit uh yeah so let's hear it. we were almost to the almost to pavement and um you know i was just like chilling you know just like waiting it out and um these people came up to me and they're like does anybody have extra coolant like we need coolant right now and i was like yes <laughs> i have extra coolant i had like nice. a ton of extra um like you know oil and power strings like i transmission fluid like i had everything I like and way extra of everything because i knew this demand happened and these guys i think they were coming from new york or something in this like really old uh, like volkswagen not a bug but like another like offset of like a bug thing like an old mm -hmm. volkswagen um but these guys didn't know what coolant was i guess they like put only water in their coolant system and oh. like totally stalled the line like i was like oh my gosh um so uh we like basically put it in, i was like put it in neutral and i brought like my like big jug of coolant 
and they like pushed it like as i fixed the car <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> like like i was like okay like you gotta boil off this water before we can start it and then it might damage your engine but just put this like coolant in and like we were just pushing the car like as i was like pouring coolant in and um and then yeah eventually it got started but it was kind of a it was kind of a shit show like (laughs) i love that it's such a it's so classic for exodus it's like someone's gonna break down so many people are gonna break down (laughs) yes i mean that's why i brought like so much extra stuff because i was like well somebody might need this you know (laughs) totally oh my god yeah it was it was pretty funny those guys were all nice you know they gave me hugs and whatnot i think i think uh so they gave me like 20 bucks or something i don't remember but yeah. that's funny <laughs> well and i was like well it's burning man you don't have to give me money <laughs> but, but... <laughs> yeah it's still the burn even though we're leaving <laughs> well the, and also that's a thing like i don't know if you've experienced this but like exodus is like every man for himself sort of um mm. i think everybody's just like so tired and so stressed like leaving the burn they're like you know, i just can't like keep up this anymore totally and i think i think though that is where like that's where like people's true colors come out because there's the people that you see that are every man for themselves but then there's the people who are still in the spirit of the burn and i feel like that is like that's the whole point of burning man it's like the whole point is to like not it's like to take the spirit of it out into the default world with you um and yeah, anyway, I don't know. At least for me, I'm like it's 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 cool when you see people who don't abandon it right away. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's like so much of that I feel like there's so much of like people that go to the burn and like they read the principles and they're like, "Okay, cool. Like I can abide by these principles." But it's like sort of fake. And then they like they bring it to the burn and then everything's cool and then when they leave, they just like go back to being not that (laughs) you know yeah 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 i think the people that the reason that i one of the reasons because you asked like what's something that makes you know that these that you like love this is like it's the people that that don't abandon it and embody it throughout their normal lives too that that's why i love the burn community it's like that part of the community that I really love because you're right there are people who it's like it's kind of fake and they're they're like doing it while they're there but then they leave and they're like all right now I'm just like back to my normal like falling into my normal routines and I'm I'm not going to give a shit about any of the any of this these principles but like the people that try to carry that into their real life are the people that I've like found home with you know what I mean yeah yeah I know I mean it, it was peculiar to me just because I don't know, I I'm just like that all the time, um, <laughs> and yeah, no, it's like, oh, so you were faking it the whole time? Oh, okay, it's not very nice. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, but like you said, like you either like it or you hate it, and I think most of the people maybe that that have that mentality probably hate it. I don't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a um a process of release and um I would say the whole burn is like you got to kind of let go into it a little bit. Like you can't resist it. <laughs> if you resist because like it's hard no matter what. Like no matter what happens, there's going to be something hard that shows up at the burn whether it's like physically difficult or emotionally difficult or there's weird interpersonal stuff or there's you know or or it's like totally internal like there's you're gonna run up against challenges and if you just resist the fuck out of it you're gonna have a terrible time but if you just kind of like let go into the into the the shit show i feel like that's where the real experience is in in my in my opinion personally yeah no totally it's like doing a psychedelic trip or something like you gotta just let it happen (laughs) totally yeah yeah and you could be totally sober the whole time and it still feels psychedelic that's a great way to describe it yeah it's like you don't even need drugs 
I mean, no. honestly, I didn't take anything. I was like, this is like way too crazy anyway. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I need to add anything onto this. <laughs> yeah, it's already so intense for sure. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, I'm going next year probably. But Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's just so fun. It's a great place. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely not like bringing a partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. I'll be single. It's way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like a cool burn story that I could tell. Hmm. I don't know. Do you have one that you want to tell? Um, that, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot that come to mind. Um, I think one of the coolest, at least like, um, I don't know, there's probably people listening who haven't been, who have this idea of like, this kind of like whimsical experience of it all, which it all is very whimsical. But this is probably my my most whimsical experience is, um, this was last year. And I was with my partner um, at the time, and we didn't feel like partying. There was a big party going on at our camp. So instead, we dressed in pajamas and we like rode out into the playa and we were like, oh, we're hungry. Let's look for food. So we were, we were kind of riding around. We were like, food, 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 kind of like manifesting food. And we ride past this um, little, you know, front of house camp and it looks like a bar but it's all white and neon and like very sterile looking, which is totally not what the rest of Burning Man looks like. So it drew us in because we were like, oh, this looks super different than everything else. So we go in and, you know, we get a drink. Um, I think they were just serving lemonade at that point. So we just got some lemonade. And um, and then this guy comes around the corner and he's like, hey, are you guys hungry? And we were like, yeah, actually, we were looking for food. And he's like, cool, come with me. And he like leads us. Um, to the to the wall to like the walled off curtain and he like opens the curtain and we step into this huge room and it's like this like and when I say room it's uh, it's like a shade structure basically Um, but it was all you couldn't see through it so like from the outside you couldn't see into it basically but it was this big room and it had 16 tables all white everything was all white and um he's like sit down and so we sit down and he proceeds to serve us a three-course meal that he had served earlier to 16 random people earlier that day but they had a ton of food left over so he gave us a private dinner um and and we got ice cream which like getting ice cream at the burn is like whoa this is so cool especially last year because it was hot as shit last year so it was just like having real cold ice cream was a pretty magical treat and um yeah it, that was just like one of the many random whimsical experiences that you can have at the burn yeah i mean something about cold ice cream when it's so hot and like everybody's like kind of camping it's like oh <laughs> yeah definitely I mean, de- not kind yeah. of definitely camping <laughs> definitely camping yeah yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i love the burn so much yeah, trying to not let my last year dampen it, but yeah. Totally. I think that's that's good of you because, yeah, I mean, it's so different every year too. And like, yeah, you, you're not going to have that same experience again because you're not going to go with a partner and it's a different year. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was talking to this guy. He had, he like owned an art car and he'd been there for, I think it was his like 19th turn or something. Damn. And, uh, yeah, he was like, if I had gone, if my first burn was like last year or this year, I would have never gone again. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know. So it's, it's not, it's not normally <laughs> like this. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I think about that too because this this year and the past year, which are my only two years that I've gone, are have been the two most extreme weather years they've ever had, and I'm still just like, yep, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So, I know. I guess that's yeah, how you so, know it's real. <laughs> yeah, so wait, you've done two burns, right? Yeah, two burns. And then I've been to, like, you know, other, like, smaller regional stuff. But, yeah, only two, like, actual burning bands. Yeah, the first one, brutally hot. Um, but, like, I don't know. I was a virgin burner, so I didn't really know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was just like this. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, same. Uh, I was like, oh, it's the desert. It's just like this. But no, I guess that that was abnormal. Yeah, and then like this year, the rain came and it was mucky. Yeah. It was so nice yeah. before the rain, though. The weather was just like chef's kiss. Yeah, hopefully it's better next year. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's uh, temperate with no rain. <laughs> yeah, like a regular year. <laughs> yeah. Where were you when the when the mud hit? Um, I think when it started, I was at camp when it like started raining, and then I just stayed at camp because it kept raining. So I just like went into my yurt, and I was like, "Oh, it's still raining, it's still raining, it's still raining," <laughs> and then just kind of waited it out. Um, and then yeah, we had to break down. We had I was in a big ninety person camp this year, so we had to break down camp um, the next day in the mud because. We we knew that it was kind of like, all right, like, this is it. People are going to start leaving when they can, so we need to break down now. But breaking down in the mud was pretty interesting. It was kind of, it honestly felt kind of dangerous because we had these, like, big towers, and everything was super slippery, and so it was kind of, um, there was a little bit, there was, there was some moments of, like, people weren't in super high spirits, like, the morning after that first big night of rain. Um, there were some people who were in some pretty rough shape because they're, all their shit got flooded and um and like ruined and muddy and so there were some people who were pretty bummed but i think uh we kind of got the camp cleaned up and then we helped people clean up and like dry their personal stuff and people who had flooded tents slept in like dry places with other people and then by the by the next night we were all in pretty high spirits and we ended up like partying and hanging out and having a good time so nice yeah. Yeah. I was running a half marathon when that happened. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that was going on. <laughs> well, I mean it I was just like a personal half marathon. It wasn't like organized or anything. Oh, but... it wasn't the like the it wasn't the burn marathon. Okay. No, it, no. It was just like me running around. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like I think when it when the mud like actually started, I was like all the way out at the temple and i was like "Uh oh <laughs> this is starting to get a little mucky <laughs> you're like better get back yeah and by the time i got back to my camp um i was yeah it was like thigh deep maybe or not thigh deep like thigh deep. Like, like, definitely not thigh deep sorry <laughs> like, like ankle, where are you? <laughs> like almost knee deep sometimes yeah not, whoa not sorry no, it was yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, that was uh cool. And then I just like kind of chilled at the camp for like days. Nice. <laughs> because yeah. we weren't like part of a huge camp. It was just like the two of us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Different different experience being like rene like kind of like uh, renegade camping versus camping with an organized camp. Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked it better because, like, I had more, like, sort of personal space. And, mm -hmm. uh, and like, we didn't have any responsibility, really. You know? Sure. But, I mean, I guess that's, like, sort of the thing you want is, like, to be part of the community and, like, do a thing. But, I don't know. Like, it was my friend that I went with was, like, her first time. So, I wanted her to, like, be able to experience the thing and then like maybe next year she finds a camp or something but yeah yeah i mean yeah it's totally just depends on what type of experience you're looking for honestly yeah sweet well we're at about an hour do you want to talk more i mean i'm pretty open. um i actually do have to go to work um have kind of a busy day today but yeah this was this was super fun yeah I think so too. It's fun. Cool. Sweet. Well, yeah. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for talking to me. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. That was fun. <laughs> um, do you have like anything you want to plug or like, um, yeah, anybody like, or anything like the listeners <laughs> yeah, might want to know about plugs? you? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. If anybody's curious, my, my Instagram is um, Callaway underscore Joe, J O. Um, C A L L I W A Y. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
I don't know if anybody's interested in reaching out, but if they have any questions about travel or remote work, I'm happy to talk about that stuff. And um, they can totally just DM me. And yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Sweet, buddy. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. I'll see ya. Bye. Okay. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs> you too. Hey guys, thank you for joining me on this journey that I feel so special about. That was Callaway Joe, one of my favorite people in the world, of course. Most people that are on here are really close to my heart, and I really love that you guys get to experience my favorite people in the world together, so I encourage you to keep listening share it, share it with your friends and family, and share it with people that maybe want to hear it. The stoke, the stoke. Love each other, love yourself, roots away. Thank you again for listening to another episode. Love you guys. You. Haha. <laughs>